movies in 4K. Welcome in, everyone, to episode 12. I am Bill Shetty. And I am Lady Phantom. And don't forget, we want you to subscribe, fill out that guest book on BillShetty.com, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else we are found. Yes, all the usual stuff. We have a special show lined up for you this week. (laughs) I'm so excited to talk to this gentleman. He is an accomplished actor in hundreds of films. He is the winner of the Lon Chaney Award for Outstanding Achievement in Independent Horror Films, a countless winner of many other awards in the festival circuit. It is Bill Oberst Jr. Welcome, sir. Hey, thank you so much, Bill, and hello, Lady Phantom. Hi. <laughs> Bill, I'm so excited to get you back. It's been close to 10 years since we have talked, and so much has happened within then, and your career has evolved, and you've been in so many things. we just seen Three from Hell. We actually reviewed it, and my first question is, why didn't you blow away Otis, man? You had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you had one yeah, job. I know. <laughs> Mosley and I did three pictures in the last two years. Three Mills, one of them. And he told me, he said, you should have killed me. (laughs) (laughs) You were right there. It was so awesome, your role in there, man. And I was actually kind of shocked when you popped in and I had seen it like two, three times. And I'm like, there's Bill again. I was so excited. Oh, man. Rob sets up his cameos as follows. Your agent contacts you and says, hey, Rob Zobby wants you to be in the movie, but... You don't get to know what their role is. You just say yes or no, and everybody works for scale. So that's how he loads up his movies with cameos. And, you know, people just get, oh, look, you know, there's Clint Howard. Oh, look, there's Danny Trejo and so forth and so on. Right. So you got to meet all of them. You wasn't set in on this private set. You got to meet all the cast in that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. I was there for a couple of days. Um, Danny and I share the same agent. I hadn't met Clint before, so. It's nice to tell him that I enjoyed him on Star Trek. Oh, that's awesome. Danny Trejo, one of Phantom's favorite actors. <laughs> one of, yes, horror actors in this case. He's great. I think he must be a great guy. I'll bet. He's, he's, he's for most people who work in horror, Bill, you know this. Most people who work in horror are really nice people. Yes, they're incredible. We get outcast for some reason, Bill. You know, like we're sickos. But, well, uh, we like the horror films. What did you expect? <laughs> That's true. People put us in a corner there, but we're the nicest people in the world, aren't we, Bill? Agreed. So I got a really important question to ask you. With all these lockdowns, Bill, what has been going on with film production? Now, you're in a lot of movies. You've got some upcoming works mm-hmm. coming out. So what is happening? What have they told you? What's going on? Dude, we're dead in the water. I mean, I, I got, I've got, i got two shoots booked, one in Ohio, one in Texas for August, but with the caveat that they may move, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did. It's a real, it's a pickle, man, because there's no way to do what we do, especially in horror, safely. Right. Um, and so they're talking about, they're ta- you know, to shoot one side of an actor and then bring the other side. But at some Ooh. point, you got to have a two shot. Right. So you're in limbo pretty much. Yeah, it's tough. So I, I started my own uh, little podcast and I'm writing a book, doing some things that I've wanted to do and didn't have time to do until production can kick back in for real. 
Yes, say your podcast because you started during the lockdown, I think, right around the time we started ours, Bill. I did. I started reading for my own comfort. I started reading some Edgar Allan Poe at night, and it really helped me to sleep. It removed the stress for some reason. And I thought, I think I'll do this little gothic podcast. And I wanted it to be for bedtime. So it's called Gothic Goodnight, and it's intended to put people to sleep. It's awesome. Scary stories, right? Yeah. It, yeah, it's all in this real gentle voice. And in the end, I tell them good night. So it's meant to be creepy fun. That is awesome. We just subscribed not too long ago when we reached out. I can't wait to hear it. You got like six or seven episodes out right now, I think. Right, Bill? I got 10 out. Oh, 10. Woo. Yeah, I listened to his most recent one, the one where he, he read from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And, Frankenstein. I, and I tweeted to him like oh my god it was so beautiful <laughs> so awesome. bill lady phantom actually inspired me i'm gonna do um a piece from gaston larue's phantom of the opera for the next <laughs> and i can't wait yes <laughs> like i've been obsessed with the phantom of the opera and i'm and i do mean obsessed from the time i was eight years old bill mm. like and i am an older lady right now Yes, and we actually reviewed every Phantom of the Opera movie back on Horror on the Go, Bill, that's been put out. It was like 14 different movies and TV oh shows. Oh, my gosh. It was fun. It was so interesting mm. how the characters changed, the way some people seen them. Some were way better than others, of course, but most of them were really good, don't you think so, Phantom? Yeah. Funnily enough, the best one remains the original one. It's, yes. it's a work it's of Lon art, Chaney. that movie. Come on. I mean, <laughs> that movie is a work of art. The makeup, the acting, the everything is beautiful. Yeah, the makeup. So it's, it's, it's so funny that you guys are doing a podcast specifically about super high-resolution films. Yes. And you're saying that a silent movie which only exists on a really bad 16 yes. millimeter I know. Good. <laughs> yes that one will never come to 4k afraid if it does it wouldn't be one of the premiere ones that's for sure <laughs> yeah that, that wouldn't look good yeah so then back in the day when i started podcasting with bill like he asked me what my name was gonna be or something so i had to go like with something with the phantom and i designed my avatar to look kind of phantomy and stuff <laughs> yeah so yeah that's me it's for a you. cool thing so what is going on bill with the movies what do you want to plug what's come out to you that you want our fans to get and watch well thank you for asking um i have a movie called painkiller that will be coming out before the end of the year and we shot that just before covid started um, it's a sort of a sequel to a movie called Stress to Kill I did with Armand Asante. Mm -hmm. And the, the premise of Painkiller is I'm a guy whose daughter has died of a opioid overdose. And um, nobody's doing anything about it. And we know from the previous film, Stress to Kill, in which his blood pressure was high and he started killing people to relieve his blood pressure, that this guy acts out. And so my character, nobody's doing anything about this. Big Pharma's not doing anything and government's not doing anything. So he takes it into his own hands. And the tagline is making America great again. So, <laughs> Ouch. Oh. The, uh, the director is Mark Savage. And that'll be out, uh, I think, before the end of the year. And then there's a, a movie I'm in called uh, Great Land, which is a sort of a pandemic 
era film that was also shot before the pandemic. Just coincidentally, it happens to tie in. Mm. And Great Land will be out, I think, before the end of the year, too. Thanks for asking. Oh, no problem, Bill. And your podcast is on your website and iTunes and everywhere else. That's at Bill O'Burst, no junior on that.com. Um, what, yeah. what else, Bill's going on? I, I forget the name. We just watched an anthology that you was part of about a week ago, Phantom. And he's in the oh, first Oh, you're part. the cop. Yeah, you're the cop. And oh my God, what a great first short. Well, it went down from there, Bill. It was like, oh, my God, we need more Bill O'Burst. And you die again. Yeah, like, why, Bill? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny because sometimes they bookend you. I was talking to Mosley about this, and, you know, they're like, oh, you know, we're going to get Mosley, and they'll bring you in for um, a couple of days, and you're in the first scene and the last scene of the movie, and they usually kill you. Because they don't want to keep you around the whole time. That's a shame. What What is the name of that movie, Bill? Do you know off the top I, of your head? I don't know. I was a cop, you say. Yes. yes. You had the first part in this like six-story anthology. Yeah, and Bill thought you were the bad guy, but you weren't. Yes, you were the good guy, which was a cool role for you. And you it was impressive, like the first short, but then progressively, like the acting <laughs> got pretty weak. And Yeah, and then like you get killed and then it ends. Like immediately, and then it goes on to the next one. I, but uh, for the life of me, I can't yes. remember the name. Well, you you know the quality of our genre is variable, Bill. You know that. That's true. Hey, we're talking to Bill O'Burst, who actually played Abraham Lincoln and who was incredible. Now, some of the effects were kind of shoddy in that film. It was a low-budget film, but, man, did you pull off that role, Bill. Like that, you had to study Abraham Lincoln. So how did that work? Man, I thank you for mentioning that. I knew, you know, I'm five nine, and I knew I was never going to get another opportunity to be Lincoln. They had a six foot five Lincoln who, for whatever reason, um, they didn't. There was a disagreement, and so after the first day of filming, I get a call from David Latt, one of the co-owners of the asylum in L.A., and he says, "Can you get on a plane and go to Florida and play Abraham Lincoln for two weeks?" Oh wow! And I said, David, I haven't read the script, and I'm five nine. He said. We'll get you elevator shoes, and you can read the script on the plane. Oh, man. So the next morning, I was on my way to Savannah, and I walked on set, and uh, the director saw me and said, you're the new Lincoln? I said, yeah. He said, God help us. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we, we, we made it work, I think, and I, I, I love Lincoln. So Richard Shankman said, I want you to play the Lincoln on the penny as if it was an alternate universe and there really were zombies and so that helped me out because I could just play Lincoln the way I love him, and he just happens to be fighting zombies. Okay, the name of the of the thing is Welcome to Hell. Yes, that's the movie. Yep. Oh yes, yes, yes. I remember that. I, I was a sort of a detective in the yeah the first yep. one there. And I'll yeah. feel yeah. remiss if I don't mention the movie that I actually contacted Bill first was Dismal. What a great <laughs> oh, movie! Oh my God, that has been ten years. Yes, that's going back to two thousand eight, nine, something like that. That's the first time I licked a woman's face. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. And but I learned how to do it, Lady Phantom. I get asked to do this a lot. I mean, I, I'm I get asked to use my body and be very physical, and I'm always doing these very bizarre things, and I have to lick a lot of women's faces. <laughs> So I mean, I occupational hazard. I learned in Dismal the way to do it respectfully is um, it, to pull the lady's hair back so you don't get your spittle in her hair and to lick 
starting at the jawbone and stay really close to the ears so you don't get anywhere near the makeup. And then just lick straight up and feature her to the camera and she'll be fine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that grosses the phantom out on screen when you see that happen in any movie. Yes. She's like quivering when scenes like that. And you got that look, Bill, that makes it so creepy. No, so. I mean, with me, Bill, like in general, like show me all the blood. I don't care. All the blood. I don't care. But slimy stuff and licking and that, <laughs> I mean, things that gross me out, then I'm, I'm like, ew. I love the slimy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we also watched, because, I mean, we had to. I mean, it was like the, the thing with the lollipop thing on Facebook. Yes. I yes. mean, we don't do Facebook, but we did watch the short. Yes, and man, you are so good. Yes. Part of a daytime Emmy, correct, Bill? That's right. Yeah, that was the Emmy winner. And um, it, it was very helpful, actually. Criminal Minds came soon after that. Um, and it was, yeah, it was being seen in that was very, very helpful. And when we filmed it, the, the director, Jason Zada, who also created the Elf Yourself app, which you see every Christmas, um, Jason oh. didn't tell me what I was looking at on the computer screen because nobody knew it was Facebook. That was a big secret. And he just said, um, I just want you to stroke the screen and go to a really dark place. And I had no idea what I was looking at until the app came out. And then I thought, oh, my God. Wow. Well, that is so intense, Bill, for a less than three minutes short, basically. Bill goes places that, yes. wow. You have incredible. wonderful eyes. Yes. Oh, you're man. very kind. Thank you. Well, I, I got a lot of emails from all around the world when that was, it got 100 million hits in the first week. And um, it was completely random, just whatever photos the algorithm chose for me to look at from your profile. But I remember a woman from Belgium wrote me and she said, why are you obsessed with my obese cat? <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, what? <laughs> she said every time she ran it, I would, I would pick the photo of her obese cat. So it was pretty funny. That is incredible. That is really clever. Yes, but we is. haven't done Facebook in like three years. Yes. So good yeah. for you. I know it's it's I mean, from what we hear, it's basically more almost. horrible every day. Bill, you you went there. You used the word cesspool. It was yeah. in my mind and I thought I can't say cesspool and there was Bill. I know, right? I know you offend a lot of people nowadays when you say things, but I try to be very cavalier and i don't like to take sides on things so i'm very i neutral. don't even know what that is so what is it cesspool uh-huh the bottom dredges of the humanity. lowest of lows oh okay so bill before we get to this review where do you want people to go besides your website is there anything in particular you already named your movies is there anything the else podcast? that you got well yes we know the podcast we'll have links all on our website to click the bill stuff but anything else Thank you very much. Yeah, um, I love to talk to people on Twitter. You know, it's a quick and easy way. Yes, it is. And, um, so, yeah, just hit me up. At, uh, I'm at Bill Oberst Jr. on Twitter. In fact, I just did a, a little 4th of July video and posted it up there, and I'm enjoying seeing people's responses. And I like Twitter because it's quick, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm going to watch that. Yes, absolutely. And Bill will respond if he's not crazy busy doing movies, which right now... It's a downtime. He's not actually on the West Coast. He's on the East Coast. I write back to everybody. People write and say, I really hated this movie. 
I, I just feel compelled because of my Southern upbringing right. to say, you know, oh my gosh, thanks so much for taking the time to write. <laughs> I know we do the same thing, no matter how yes. critical somebody is, you know, we respond uh-huh. because they're taking the time, they're making the effort. So there's something there. Yeah, you know even if I they mean? hate it. Yeah, and then when, when, when I tweeted at you because, you know, like the, the podcast and everything, and like, and you responded, I was fangirling so hard. <laughs> yes. Oh, totally. And yeah, I'm over here on the East Coast now because my parents are both elderly and um, I wanted to be with them when the COVID started. That's good. And um, yeah, so it's, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to hang out here for a while. I'm at the beach. I got a house at the beach. Are the beaches closed where you're at? No, they're open, and that's the nice thing. Okay, good. All right, yeah. Bill. So what we did, we gave Bill Oberst Jr. a list of 12 movies, and this is what he picked. So we're going to get mm. into that right now. This film came out in 2018. It is Overlord. Rated R runs one hour and 58 minutes. And this has six genres listed, Phantom. Yeah. Action, adventure, horror, mystery, sci-fi, and war. Now, I'm going to start here because I'm going to deduct a couple genres. I don't really think it's supposed to hit these. I think they're trying to market this in as many ways as possible. But I'm deducting mystery and sci-fi. What do you think? I'm saying personally, a uh, horror action war. Very good. Don't you agree, Bill? Like the mystery, it's not really a mystery movie. You're not wondering what's going on about this. For a second. Yes, but the overarching theme isn't that. And sci fi, this isn't science fiction. This is well. something. But wait, though. Anybody who's seen it, if you've seen any movie in the last 20 years, there's no mystery about this movie. Right. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> Excellent and point. science fiction, Phantom, I just want to make my case for dropping this genre, is because science fiction is something set in the future. Now, this takes place the day before D-Day, back in 1944. And while there's this substance that makes people go crazy, I'm just going to abbreviate it right now. It's not science fiction. It's not something that happened or could happen in the future in 1944 where this movie was set. It's impossible. It's alternate universe, right? Yeah. Correct. It's alternate universe. Yes. It's like a Harry Turtle novel. Exactly. So I think we're all pretty much in agreement on the genres there, what it should be listed in, you know, action, Do horror, you agree with that, war. Bill? Mm-hmm. So okay. there we go. So let's move this on, Lady Phantom, to who is the director? The director of this little jewel is Julius Avery. And the producer is J.J. Abrams. Yes, with, uh, with his company, Bad Robot. So how much input does he have on a movie like this, would you say, Bill? Uh, I saw J.J. Abrams all over it. Abrams' movies are like... Uh, They're big sets. They're good. <laughs> yeah. A lot of stuff happens, and they're really exciting but a couple hours later, you can't remember the stuff that happened. <laughs> right. you, you, you can just, when I see, you know, I'm a big Star Trek guy. And when I watch Abrams Star Treks, I always, always love the movies. But two hours later, I'm not really sure what happened. But that's <laughs> right. okay. It was just to enjoy in the moment. Right. That's, it felt like an Abrams movie to me. Did it to you? Mm, 
not exactly, but you can see that his hand is there, you know, but, but like, it didn't feel like a J.J. Abrams directed thing to me. So maybe you can enlighten us, Bill, and the fans out there, how much input typically, now I'm, I know it's going to matter on who the producer is, but how much input do they really have in your experience? Money, honey. Yeah. Just all money, about honey, the money. All the money. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are they oh, on yeah. set with you? This, this Julius Avery, I mean, he was a great director, but he hasn't done big, right? Uh, a lot of big movies. And if J.J. Abrams says, hey, I want you to direct my $38 million movie, <laughs> you better damn well, well believe it. Yeah, he's there. <laughs> yeah, I think I can. <laughs> so in your experience, it's probably hit or miss, depending on the movie you're filming, Bill, if I've they're never, actually I've there. Never been involved. I have never been involved in a movie, even on my level, where the producer couldn't pull strings. I mean, the money talks. That's where the money comes from. That's where the power is. So they have the ultimate say. We all know that, but we know some of these directors have a lot more leeway than others. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe JJ, maybe, you know, the asylum, they look at dailies right. and maybe that's what JJ was doing. Maybe he just checks in or maybe he has a trusted person, you know, right. again, say make sure we're going in the right direction. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure clear that they wanted the movie to be exciting and action-packed yes yes so who stars in this phantom oh my we have a lot of people again we have joven adepo i think that might be the way you pronounce his name wyatt russell kurt russell's son mathilde olivier pilou asbeck john magaro ian the castaker jacob anderson and Many other others. people yeah. yes but they're the main lead roles and this pilou the Phantom, let me know, was in the movie Lucy that we reviewed. And Game of Thrones. So there you have that. So what's the synopsis on this? It's very minimal on IMDb. Yeah, IMDb is very, very concise here. Uh, it says, a small group of American soldiers find horror behind enemy lines on the eve of D-Day. And what are you going to add to that, Phantom? Not much, really. I mean, because this is what happens. They, they find really horrible stuff happening in a tower that they are meant to destroy because the Nazis are doing their stuff there. Right. That is their mission. This yes. army, they're supposed to knock out this tower before D-Day. Yes. So the Germans can't communicate. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole moral of the story. But they find some disturbing things. They find really, really weird things behind Yes. There. Now, what did you think of this movie as a whole, Bill? Um, well, it's a Nazi zombie movie, and that's a very durable genre. There's been a lot of them. Not not many of them cost thirty eight million bucks. That's true. <laughs> every 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 dollar of that thirty eight million. I, as I was watching it, I was thinking, well, you know, I, I work with a lot of directors who would make a you know two million dollar version of this movie, but we can't do that. And, oh, damn! Look at that. Everything that happened, I was like, okay, yeah, that's going to happen. But it was all done really, really well. It, yeah, it was well, very exciting. Yes, wasn't it? Like some of the sets and some of the CGI and some of the effects where these people go is incredible. This and yes, once again, a minimal use of CGI in this movie. Lots of practical things. Yes, which is very cool. A lot and it of, shows. A lot of gunshots, some CGI mm -hmm. in there, though, Phantom. That was pretty noticeable. Not like terrible CGI, but some blood splatter poofs, mm -hmm. I would say, that they just added to get the realism effect, which was done really well. 
Yep. I mean, this is a really big budget movie. So what did you think, Phantom? Oh, I love this movie. It was my top movie in 2018. It's Really? It's, I love it. First of all, I love World War II movies. Like, I do like mo- war movies in general, but World War II movies are special for some reason. And I just love that aspect here. But it's so well melded with horror. Yes. So many things happen and action and you get to care for everyone. Yes, which is surprising mm-hmm. in a film like this. And there's some entertaining parts. The French woman that they meet has a brother. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that little kid. And this kid was funny, was he not, Bill? <laughs> yeah, he really was. A Chloe's little brother. Yeah, his face is the best. I mean, that little kid can act. Like, you could feel every one of his emotions, whether it be fear or or happiness or whatever. Oh, that little kid was the best. Yes, and this German leader that's in this, oh, oh my God, this Palau guy, I cannot pronounce his name, mm-hmm. I thought was an incredible actor. What did you think, Bill? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, what a great role, too, to say you're going to be a... You're the main villain in a Nazi zombie movie? Like, yes. Oh, my God. Just that opening scene, really, when he's with the girl. When we really become to meet him and he's having some sexual advances on her. And you know he's been doing this for a while and she's at the mercy of him. And just her face. She also was a great actress. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you could see it how disgusted she was with yeah this guy. i mean the acting in this movie all around is phenomenal everyone yes and even uh, the lead guy yeah go on bill well i wanted to ask you guys about the coloring um it seemed to me very vibrant almost splashy yeah. like a comic book uh sort of coloring yes uh, when it started out maybe influenced by graphic novel but it seemed that way to either of you yes yeah absolutely especially during the fire scenes oh that was <laughs> mm. oh yeah, it was definitely like that. But this definitely has the bleak 1940s vibe. They kept yeah. the coloring very accurate, mm-hmm. I would say, to that time, Bill. You agree? Mm, I do, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it felt like a graphic novel of the 1940s. And how do you think was the costuming and sets, Bill? Beautiful. Absol- absolutely beautiful. I, um, one of the moments that I was struck by was when they sent the guy back with a grenade. Oh, oh yeah. And oh, um, and all the period vehicles. And yeah. I'm thinking, you know, how difficult it is to do a shot with just one period vehicle and one explosion. And, yeah, I mean, these guys are consummate pros. It was beautifully done. You couldn't find any fault with it. Yeah, yeah that I guy know. was also on Game of Thrones, and he was a bad guy, and I love that he got killed like that. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I missed in the whole movie was some overarching metaphor, but... You know, there's not always one. Right. Yeah, and this movie is hard as a critic, as I am, to nitpick, man. Like, I've seen very few flaws in this movie. Like, it kept you engaged. There was no downtime in this movie. There was Mm -hmm. always war around the corner. You know, there's this other theme that I think we can get into because it won't spoil because these Germans are doing experiments let's say Mm -hmm. on the french and this is where all the horror comes in here because this concoction that they're injecting into people is making them ravenous lunatics with ungodly power 
that a good description? Yeah, it's like a very, very bizarro version of the serum in Captain America. Like they, they mm. want to do this super soldier thing, yes, third, that's but it has, goal. but it has horrible side effects. That's the thing. And it's um, it comes from the environment too, right? It's black tar that exists mm-hmm. naturally in the area. Yeah. Yes. And the one thing I might have been little confused about, maybe you guys picked this up and I didn't. There comes a time towards the end when one of the doctors says, don't do this because it hasn't been tried on humans yet. And it obviously has. Was that miswriting, bad writing there, or did I miss something? Well, you know, sometime in the edit, <laughs> things get dropped, but everything no, moves no, so no, quickly. No, no, no. I didn't even think about that until you said that. Right. No, 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 no. So. He said it hadn't been tried on living people. In that, that serum had only oh, been okay. injected on in dead people. Th- he did say oh. living yes, people? Yes, he said living people. Okay. I remember. I didn't well, that, catch that either. Yeah, oh, see? Well, that's why I asked you, because I thought it was like what Bill said. They had to cut something, and it didn't explain it. No, no, no. It. It's, it's that. That's the thing. They had only tried it. And you can see, like so far in the, uh, to that point in the movie, they only do this on dead people. Thus, Like you have the... So wait a minute, Phantom. With, if if that's the case, then the woman's aunt in this was dead? Had to be. Mm, I don't know. I see some problems yeah. with that. No. Then. Why? I, I don't mean, know. like the Nazis had any problem killing people? No, it's not that part. It's about that injecting only dead people because now I know the woman in this wouldn't know that. I per se but no she wouldn't it just doesn't make total sense like if he hadn't said that it's fine but i i do think something was a little amiss there not much it's a nitpick anyway no i think i i think she was dead and then they injected her because like first they were doing these trials with dead people before moving on to actually see what would happen if you do this on a living person so it makes perfect sense to but me. the woman didn't know she was dead then. no i mean and she just said i mean she hasn't spoken since they brought her back it's not like she had spent time with her i mean basically she was in her room and she was left to herself and maybe she gave her food or something but it's not like they would spend time together or anything so for her to notice i don't know a bullet hole or something well okay then i'm gonna name another problem she was not locked in this room why wasn't she coming out of it i mean the door was left open a couple times i mean these are ravaged creatures bloodthirsty i mean they want to do damage so there's a little bit maybe, off there you gotta agree Phil. maybe and i'm just going here on a limb i'm not sure going back to some kind of super serums that we've seen in the history of comic books and everything, maybe it's one of those things that just enhances what you already have. It's like the, the one of the characters, when he gets injected with this thing, he doesn't go ravenous, not necessarily. He still keeps his mind. So I think it just enhances what people already have in themselves. Okay, I want to talk about one scene in particular in this. They captured this German leader. They got him bagged. They think he's dead or out, this one soldier. And he's not. He (laughs) gets shot. He dies. This is minor spoiler out there for people. Just close your ears for the next two minutes. But the one dude, the, the guy we're following in this movie, 
this army guy, this one that really don't want to be there in war. He injects them with this red fluid, this stuff we're Mm -hmm. talking about. And the effects of him coming back to life with his Mm -hmm. neck being like torn back and Mm -hmm. his bones jutting out. Oh my God, Bill, I thought that was an incredible scene there. What did you think? I agreed. Yeah, that was, that was beautiful. And they did the, there were a couple of, uh, comebacks where they did the classic <gasps> yes 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 but and all that really was nice. animatronic and puppetry God, you gotta Beautiful. give this guy credit for doing this all the makeup on this for that prosthetics because that looks so real when his neck was torn back and his shoulder <laughs> blades were jutting out it looks so real i couldn't pick out one fake looking thing in that no everything was practical you like know? it wouldn't look bad and i will say this was shot so well too even all the action scenes like you could see the action you know how sometimes they gloss over Mm -hmm. it but this one was done so well i'm totally impressed with this film what else you got phantom i i I don't even know how to i mean the sound in this movie yes another (laughs) great point in that it's like oh my gosh and every little scene no matter what how dark you can see every little thing that happens. It never gets too dark. And it's amazing. And that scene you were talking about with the neck guy, that hurt me personally because I oh. love that guy from a series. So I was like, no, no, oh, don't do that. Just the sound effects. That's what really gets under my skin, Bill, is when oh, they yeah. match like, the <laughs> cracking bones with what you're seeing on screen, you're like, oh, my God, that hurts me. <laughs> it's so oh, yeah. And imagine on, a, imagine on a, a movie theater screen. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It was just unbelievable scene. And I really enjoyed the ending to this movie. Yeah. Like, it really wrapped up the movie in a bow. Nice little bow. They went full circle. Some people survive. Some don't. But now you know what's to come during D-Day. So it's kind of somber ending. But then this movie, how it ended, I thought was great. How about you, Bill? I liked the, and not to compare it to my little Abraham Lincoln versus zombies, but the idea is the same. You have an alternate history where these bizarre things happen, but at the end you're brought back to the history you know. Right. Because in this case, um, you know, they say, no, nope, nothing happened. So this tale that we've just seen is not known to history. Mm-hmm. And we go back to the history that we know. It's the same with Lincoln versus zombies. The zombie epidemic was kept a secret. Yeah. And I, I kind of like the idea of an alternate history where things happen. It makes us think that in our history that we know, were there things that happened that we don't know about? Oh, I like oh that. and you can bet oh, that's a reality. So yes. Yeah. Yes. And this movie, last point, and then let's get to the ratings. This movie felt so real to me. Like I felt like I was there. Like it was really captivating. I was blown away. I was shocked with this movie actually. Yeah. And it doesn't like, it's not like those movies that have many characters and you don't really have time to get attached to them. This movie, like you get to care for every single person. I'm, I'm impressed by that. Yep. There's character development with every one of them pretty much. Yeah. You know, and you're sad when some go and sad when, some don't. And happy when some don't, also. <laughs> true. So you are fighting. It's a typical horror movie. You're fighting good versus evil, no doubt. Yeah. And that's all relevant. All right, Bill. So what we do here, rate one through ten the movie. So what do you got, Phantom? 
this movie is an absolute 10, an absolute buy, and I love it with a passion. All right. Phil, what are you going to put on this one? On the whole? Yep. I was going to say 7.5, but I really like Lady Phantom's voice, so I'm going to say 8. <laughs> Thank you. What was your prop? If you had something to change, Bill, what would you have changed, or what did you have a little problems with? I really didn't focus on the negatives because I didn't find many personally, but did you find any like negatives that stuck out to you? No negatives, but I'm a big metaphor guy. I'm always looking for the metaphor. I want the, I want the overarching idea that, stays with me and could be applied to many different situations in life. I always want that. And this one, it was a fun movie, you know, it was okay. But for me personally, as a metaphor guy, right. it didn't have that element. And that's why I go eight. So you would really enjoy Lucy. You got to find Oh it. yeah. I loved Lucy. Oh, no, awesome. You have to listen to our episode about I it. I want then. the idea, the explosions and everything else is cool, but I want the idea that I can take away and chew on for several days. Right. And another one we reviewed, I'm sure you've seen it. 2001, a space odyssey bill. Oh my God. Yeah. Beautiful. Yes. Right. Great film. And we went back and watched that. We had a guest on that recommended it and we were blown away how good that transferred 50 years later. But those two movies do have overarching themes and more context and more higher purpose than this. This is more fun, but I'm with you, Phantom. I'm going 10. Yay. Oh, and one thing that I didn't mention it's super scary. Yeah. Like super scary. Oh, man. These Whew. creatures, when they turn, get injected, people out there, this is hardcore. They are brutal. This is scary. This freaks you out. And if I did have to put a criticism on this movie coming from the horror world, is it took a while to get to the horror. Do you agree? Well, in the meantime, you have the other horror. Yes, so you no. have the war, but in a typical well, the, the, horror the, sense. The Nazis. It, I mean, like, that guy was scary. I mean, the, the scares from this movie come from everywhere. Like, true, from the, it's the not, true horror and also right. the, the Nazis. The creature and, horror. I'm, yeah, I'm with you, Bill. It, right, It Bill? depends on what you... Yeah, it, if, if you come as a horror person saying this is a horror movie, you come with certain expectations. Right. And this just took way too long to get to that. But I'm coming from a total movie watcher. To me, it was a 10. But for a soul mm -hmm. horror person, yes, they're going to say it takes a little too long to get to the creatures. I enjoyed the plane scenes and the blow-up scenes and the landing scenes and all that because it was an action movie. So my last statement on this is definitely, and I want your guys' opinion, if you don't like horror movies... But like war movies, Bill, would you recommend this film? Yes. Oh, yeah, just for the, uh, you know, the period vehicles and the authenticity. Awesome. You, Phantom? Yeah. Do you think it would gross some people out, though, that Absolutely. aren't expecting horror? Yes. Not if you like, if you like a war film, how can you be grossed out? Because yeah, people are true. weird. <laughs> I mean, sometimes they are like, oh, like, I, I, I mean, they're, they love their war movies and they can see, you know, limbless people and stuff. But, oh, don't show me a horror movie because that is for the lower kind. So you never know. I mean, people are weird. I might say, yeah, sure, but just be warned yeah, that that's a there's good thing. horror things. Yeah, be warned that this runs as a horror movie. It is a horror movie. The movie. Yes. 
It is with a lot of action and war. Yes, yeah. I totally agree. All right, Bill. I want to thank you once again so much for joining us. I always have a fun time with you. I appreciate every movie I've seen you in. I can't think of one that <laughs> I didn't even like, Bill. And I know I talked to you a while back about haunting in Connecticut and you felt kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that movie. And we're going back many years. Like, it's a ghost movie in a house, a haunted house type movie. And I really enjoyed it. And all your modern works, all the time we've been apart and haven't talked. Every movie I've seen you in, man, I'm excited. When I see you on screen, I'm like, yeah, Bill, go for it, man. Thank you, Bill. And, I, oh, you know, I forgot to mention, I mean, I'll just mention this in closing, uh, Circus of the Dead. Oh, is yes. a um, truly brutal and horrifying film. I, I play a necrophiliac serial killer. Gotta and watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's coming out from uh, Epic Pictures and Dread Central later this year too. Oh, I, cool! I can't watch it myself. <laughs> I, I've seen it two times, and I I don't know that I can ever watch it again. It's really brutal, but it'll be out there. Awesome. Uh, we will watch it. <laughs> yes, and we'll get that out to all the listeners. So thanks again, Bill. You stay safe and you take it easy, buddy. You too. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, lady. Mr. Oberst hadn't upgraded to 4K as of yet, but the Phantom and I watched the 4K Blu-ray version. And how is those video effects, Lady Phantom? Flawless. I'm not going to say flawless, but it was great. (laughs) I am. I mean, this movie shines. Because, as I already mentioned, there are so many practical effects. All the fire was practical. Oh my I mean, God. come on. Lots of fire scenes, listeners out there. Tons of fire scenes. Yeah, I can remember one scene specifically where one character was running, and there are explosions behind him. And these explosions are throwing things. This is no 3D, but I was still like trying to dodge the things that were coming at me from the screen. Like, this pops. Yes, there was many scenes that pop, but the problem I have with this is why this ain't going to be the best of the best. And mm-hmm. I got to say that because it's clear, it's detailed, it's vibrant when it needs to be. The blacks are deep. You see the shadows, but this movie is dark for an hour and 20 minutes of it, Phantom. That is this true. This is not a Lucy movie where it's bright and vibrant most of the movie. This is set in war. They're in dark houses all the time. They're in trenches. They're in tunnels. Tunnels. They're in basements where it's candle lit or lantern lit. And while it popped, it wasn't vibrantly popping. So while I don't think this disc could be any better because of it's how just the, the kind movie of movie was made, it is exactly right. Unlike 1917, where we covered a war, war one movie, uh, let me say it first, where there was a lot of dark scenes in that, and the colors were very similar. Lots of browns, dark blues, dark greens, army uniforms, stuff like that. I think the 1917 is a step above this, not by much. But it was a little bit more punchy and sharp, like the faces and stuff. And this is no fault to this disc. This is just how it was shot. But it is so clear. There's no blurry parts in it. 
It's so vibrant faces. You can see pock marks on faces, scars. Oh, you can see every bit of sweat. And trust me, people sweat in this movie. Yes, you can see blood. You can see neck marks. You can see all these effects that are going on and the fire scenes. Oh, they look so beautiful. Yeah, and every so often you will see a button like shining in a, I don't know, red color or green. And it's like... All the red, all the green, like super popping. Of course, it's a button. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a small part. But there are scenes in this movie, like there's one scene when one character is falling from a plane surrounded by explosions. Fun fact, those were real explosions. People really were falling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can tell. It's easy to tell on 4K fake fire. It's pretty easy to tell on Blu-ray, but... Yes. 4K definitely shows that. And these were all practical, actual fires and bursts and stuff. Yeah. And all the lighting on the on the person who's falling, like all the lighting is amazing. You can see every little thing. And I, I loved it. Yes. So. And I disagree with what you said about 1917. Yes, it is. The thing is that 1917 also more things happen in broad daylight. Yes. Not many, but, you know, but in general... I think this popped way more because it has way more fire and way more explosions. See, and I always got to quantify in this section here because I'm not putting this disc down. I don't think this disc could be any better. Mm -hmm. But my A pluses are reserved for the best of the best, both in video and audio. And it is going to definitely depend on how the movie was shot and the lighting that was done. Now, this couldn't have been any brighter. It couldn't be a Lucy movie where there's 30 different colors well, on the screen. Well, then you need to rate the 4K on the disc, not rate it because of the way the movie is. But that I mean, matters. you're rating the disc. But no, that matters, though, because what you see is what you get. If you want to show a reference disc to somebody, you're going to pull your best colorful discs out and show them everything that can be done in 4K. Now, you are not going to see this movie any clearer and detailed than on 4K. There is no doubt. It is an amazing disc. I see no grain anywhere. Now, this is a 2K disc. This is a fake 4K. This was shot on a 2.5K digital camera and then had the 2K intermediate and was upsampled to 4K and had hdr also but it's great it's amazing it's dark a lot of times and that's another thing phantom we got to cover on 4k is the dark scenes look way better on 4k than any other format or interneting or whatever else because you have all them levels of blacks so even the darkest of scenes you're seeing the action and you're seeing things happen behind them yeah. And that's so important because when you're watching things on a monitor or an HD or on DVD, things get oh, lost. Oh, you lose things. Yeah. yeah thing, the detail gets lost. It gets muddled. Pixeled. Pixeled and blurry at times. But this is so vivid and so deep and very well done. All right. Audio is an Atmos track, Phantom. What did you think? Very well used because in this movie, you hear explosions all the time. And a lot and of gunfire. And, but yeah, planes, gun, uh, gunfire, 
uh, it, yeah, it comes from guns. yes, it comes from everywhere, and then people are like screaming from a distance, and you can hear them from behind you, and like the overhead speakers were used so well. I love it. Not quite enough, in my opinion. Again, maybe, and I'm going to say this probably in a lot of Atmos tracks. I don't know why they don't use it more. I'll tell you a scene that it was so prevalent is when this one guy is parachuting out of a plane. Mm-hmm. It's during the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And they're landing, and he goes into water, and you hear him breathing. Yeah. The breathing was so cool. It was all around you, and most of it from up top. How the camera was shot, it was shot from up top, and you see him almost like drowning. He's down in the water, and he's breathing real well, heavy. no, no, no. You hear him breathing while he falls. Once he's in the water, of course, he's not breathing. Right, he would then drown. it went silent and around you, right? Exactly. But it was like hyper-realistic breathing while he's falling. Like you're not hearing gunshots around him because this opening scene is so action-packed. Yes. When they're being shot upon in a plane and everything like that, and they got to, you know, jump out of the plane and land and get to their mission. All the sounds stopped there, and you just heard his breathing like he's, you know, he's... Clinging to dear life. Yes. I mean... Like, this kid is so out of his element. Yeah. The lead star in this. He got drafted. He got shoved into this war, and he don't want to kill people. He's a nice guy. There's some times he should be killing people. He don't. Well, eventually, he does. Yes, but he's very... You said a goody two-shoes. Yes, he's a goody two-shoes, but he's very lenient. He doesn't realize where he's in. He's he's such a nice guy, and he don't want to kill people just to kill people in war, and that's what war is about. Yeah. Like, he will make different adjustments to his actions not to kill somebody. This comes into play during the movie when the leader of the military is beating up the Nazi leader. You know, he's trying to get information. He's like, stop, stop. You're going to kill him. You know, stop hitting him. And he's like, we're in war. We need information. Yeah. And they take him out of the room. That's what this guy's appeal is. And he's a fish out of water. There you go. Okay. That's a yeah, good that is true. But, I mean, eventually he has to come around because he realizes that, I mean, it's either you or me. So. Yes. And one thing we didn't talk about the story, not to go back into that because we're on the grading part. But he is the one that finds these people that are getting uh, experimented on. <laughs> yeah. And funnily enough. <laughs> and there's enough, some scenes in there that are really creepy. Yes. And uh, funnily enough, you mentioned that sometimes he makes decisions that might be questionable because you are like, dude, you're in war. But at the end, it turns out that his decisions were the best. The mission sure. was successful thanks to him. I mean, I don't want to say more than that because it would be spoilery, but it's great. Okay, back to the audio. I just think the Atmos track was underutilized. Surrounds were great. Overheads, underutilized again. So unlike Lucy, which had the best of the best, a little underutilized for me. I'm just ticking it down a little, but the soundtrack alone, the music in it, the score, the sound effects, all top notch, man. (laughs) blow you away sound all right what special features do we have on that 4k blu-ray disc none i don't think but they are on the blu-ray correct phantom 
Yes, we have basically the horrors of war. Creation, death above, death on the ground, death below, death no more, and brothers in arms. So that sounds like featurettes. Yes, and just one more little tip. This is a show we don't do tips because we have a guest. But I really noticed on this, and just to let you people know that haven't upgraded the 4K yet, the amount of languages and subtitles on 4K discs will blow you away. It's like in 30, 40 different languages and subtitles. Yeah. Remember, there is no region locking on 4K discs. So you have the one disc that has every language known to mankind on it and every subtitle, and you can select that yeah. with the disc even on your imports. So that's a nice little tip for you this week. All right, here's the time, Lady Phantom. From A to F, what is your grade? My grade on this, and only because of what you mentioned, is an A-. minus. I think this disc is great. Like, if it were only, I don't know, more things during the daylight where you can see crispness, maybe, I don't know. But it's, it's a wonderful disc. This is another title that if you're going to watch it, watch it in 4K. I know that's becoming our mantra on these great yes. discs. But I agree. A minus. I'm right with Phantom. Ooh. Only taking it a down a little bit because of the Atmos wasn't utilized that much. And that's such a crime that I'm doing that. But I got to be fair. You know, the best of the best of the best has to have the best visuals as possible. And best sound as possible. The sound was mind blowing, but it underutilized. Yes. It's better used. The Atmos. Yeah, it's. I think it's better used than in 1917, actually. But still, maybe yes, a little underused. But but oh, the I sound was incredible. And oh I, yeah. And I do hate ticking things down a little when they're done so well. But so be it. That's how I rate as a critic. Like I said, it's going to depend on the film. You know, it's a little bit of a criticism, but it matters if a movie's not well lit and you're not getting the full effect that 4K has, even though you are in the movie that you've seen. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of an oxymoronic thing, but it is by far a disc you need to own. Buy it right after you're done listening to us. In 4K, please. No doubt. Definitely worthy. That's going to wrap up episode 12. Thanks to Bill O'Burst Jr. We're going to see you in a week. 